0: This, this,
1: this is is is.
0: Fight disciples. Uh, welcome to podcast number two, three, six. Uh, we are the Fight Disciples, and this is dedicated to the world of UFC. Bit of mixed martial arts in there as well as we talk about some other things that are going on, uh, but mainly UFC and UFC two four two. Seeing as that we are fresh back off planes from Abu Dhabi. Uh, before we get stuck into telling you all about our little escapades down there where Nick went full um, Arab at the mosque, um, I think it's only fair that we tell you where we where we are, where you can get us. So if this is the first time you've ever come across us, Fight Disciples is on iTunes. Uh, it's all over different Android feeds, which you can get on our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, and we're on social media as well, at Fight Disciples on Facebook and Twitter, and at the Fight Disciples on Instagram. Um you enjoyed yourself in uh, the Emirates, didn't you mate? You got yourself locked in.
1: I enjoyed it. It's a bit of me that. Bit what is? Taking in Abbey the culture. Dabbey. Bit of me abi dabby yeah. I like a bit of a, a bit of a culture vulture. Big shout out to uh, Anthony Bignuts by the way. Uh, a mate of mine. Anthony Big Nuts. Who lives out in Abu Dhabi. He's a school teacher out there who picked us up, I didn't he, Saturday morning mm. and took us on a bit of a tour of Abu Dhabi and fuck me, there's no better person to take you on a tour of Abu Dhabi than a school teacher that teaches kids who live there about the history of the Middle East because he was like a fucking, you know, a walk and travel guide. when he was mint. But it was, uh, yeah man, I, I really enjoyed fight week, obviously, really enjoyed the fights and it, it even come away it was, it was such a good fight week that the fact that we got hoodwinked by the UFC and by Abu Dhabi Tourism Board about the whole fucking event didn't really matter in the end, did it? I think it added. It, it added to the it added to the, Do you know to the effect that we, we just didn't get out an Abu Dhabi arena. We got a fucking tent in the middle of a field. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, you're referring to that. What I'm talking to is like the whole week. What, I don't know if you've been to a, a UFC event before, but this one just felt Massive, the whole, everywhere you went in Abu Dhabi, it was UFC, 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 everywhere. I mean, they even had a 24-7 UFC TV channel dedicated to it. So you're in a bar, bang, it's up there. That was on. You, uh, I know you were. (laughs) You I, were actually I was as well. interviewed by Telly. So TV. we just wrapped our, our like doing a BT TV show and this geezer comes up and he goes, uh, excuse me, can I and grabs him, off he goes. He's doing a blooming interview for <laughs> Abu Dhabi Telly. <laughs> Full sheet gear. Yeah. Chic Pete. That's what they were referring to him as, weren't they? It was bad in there. Mate, it was just mad. The whole thing from the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert on a Wednesday in the stadium. Which we
1: missed. For fuck's sake. So
0: well, you know, it is what it is. And then uh, just to everything, they owned the whole week. I know that you're gonna make a reference to like a massive tent in the middle of a in the desert because they are building a stadium out there, an eighteen thousand seater stadium, yeah. which isn't ready. No. So they put this bit they erected this massive monster gazebo in the middle of the tent. It
1: was insane. It was a twenty million pound tent. You know, it was far more than a tent. It was it was It mate, it was impressive. It, it was very impressive. But at the end of the day, no one ever, no one said to me at any stage, did anyone relay the information that the Abu Dhabi Arena's not ready. We're going to be in this purpose-built tent. Now, I was in Abu Dhabi five years before that when they actually pitched us up in an open-air type scenario, and it was fantastic, and it wouldn't have made any difference. But it was being sold as UFC at the Abu Dhabi Arena. And when we got there, everyone was referring to it as the arena. And yet, when you looked south of the city, you actually seen the arena with cranes, mm. half-built, you know, the, the concrete, steel, Uh, fabrication ongoing the arena wasn't ready so they built a 20 million pound tent which kind of felt like it added to it in a way because it was kind of like fucking Glastonbury or something and we were buzzing about it like wow this is wicked I felt like I was at a festival it was mega and little tents here and there and all that so it was kind of cool that was the problem though it wasn't cool as in temperature. It was the wrong time of year to put people in a fucking tent in the middle of the desert because it was sweltering. Stop moaning. It was it, ridiculous. Stop
0: moaning, man. My What's balls that? is hot. Does, I just what? wanted
1: to take my pants off everywhere I went.
0: What's the matter with you? I thought it would bang on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you were all right. You were in the back doing interviews in an air-conditioned room. I was cage-side sweating my balls off. But luckily enough, I took a towel. I'd have took that towel, it would have been a sweaty mess.
0: I'll tell you what was funny, when uh, you contemplated actually going in full Arab yeah. uh, r- regalia <laughs> to the fight. Like, you're going to wear full robes, weren't you? I was
1: going to, yeah. I'm glad I didn't in the end. That was, that was Listen, so it's an terrible.
0: impressive place. I know that there's loads of reports about, you know, very human rights things and all this type of stuff. And I'm sure you're more educated on certain things like this than me. I saw nothing bad. No. Whilst we were out there, I saw nothing bad. I know that the stuff that goes on in the Middle East, in particular in Saudi, and we'll get onto that, no question, when we're talking on our boxing show regarding the Anthony Joshua rematch, because that's a far worse place than absolutely. where we are in Abu Dhabi or, or, or Dubai. But from what I saw, listen, it was welcoming. Beautiful. The people were absolutely bang on. Everything about it was sensational. Service, and what an event. Mm-hmm. What an unbelievable event. And oh, I've yeah. seen loads on social media, loads of people going, he ain't half boring, is he? He ain't half boring, that Khabib. Is it? Is it? R- Listen, anybody that's listened to this show on a regular basis knows full well I have got a massive problem. Is Siri going off in the background? I don't want fuck something. Go on, crack. Me. I think I've just cracked mm-hmm. on with me Siri in the background. Everybody knows that I'm not the biggest wrestling fan. No. Not the biggest. Mm-hmm. And when the, for example, in the Lerone Murphy fight, yeah, the wrestling in that, uh, in that particular fight, that's the that's the example that I'm going to use when, yeah, when it gets boring. Tucker yeah, Goff checking just him down just and just leg. hugging and humping his leg. That's
1: all he did for two right.
0: rounds. That's boring. It's rubbish. However, I fully appreciate that in the world of mixed martial arts, you need a wrestling background in order to be successful. In fact, look at all the champions that are out there at this moment in time. I think there's only two or three that don't have a full wrestling background. Yeah. So it's essential. It's imperative. If you're going to be successful at this game, you've got to be a grappler. You have to be. End of. Now, then you've got, as a fan, you've got to start to understand the nuances of the grappling game. And when you watch, for example, you can watch DC, right? Yeah. DC's very good at what he does. Yeah. But he can be boring. When he's just lying on someone and he's doing a bit of ground, you know what I mean? Kamali Osman's the same.
1: Yeah. Cody, can, Cody Covington's the same.
0: Listen, it can get very dull. It, yeah. n- for me, it never gets dull with Habib. No. Never gets dull with him. I'm just fascinated in how he just absolutely is relentless. Yeah, from start to finish, you're thinking, "My days, mate. How are you doing? How are you doing?" The, the, the things that you are doing, and just just bullying the other guy, and the other guy's legit. If if you take him out of it, if you take a beep out of it, most people would say
1: Tony Ferguson might
0: rise to the top. Mm-hmm. But I tell you what,
1: Dustin Poirier would give him a
0: proper no. Listen, Dustin
1: Poirier was was in opposite. Opposite him in Abu Dhabi for a reason. He was the number one contender. And he deserved to be there. The it was the interim Habib, champ. The problem with Habiby just—you know what he's going to do. You're not, you know, there's no. You don't need to go away and study tape and work on a game plan and everything else. You know exactly what he's going to do because he's done it 28 times, and 28 times no one's been able to stop him doing it. His his ability to control the fight, to close the distance, put you down, and then work on top. Is just unreal, like nothing we've potentially ever seen before in the UFC. He's relentless in top control. You know, it's kind of like we are Europeans, so we we're striking fans, obviously. Yeah. That's what we're brought up on. You know, it's bread and butters, boxing, kickboxing, Thai boxing. Um, you know, wrestling's not a big sport in the UK at all, even though it is growing. Uh, and likewise, Jiu-Jitsu is, is is still in its real growth phase. Uh, I think Judo and stuff like that's probably got more of history in in the UK than no sports, but. As a fight fan, as a guy that's ever stood in a pub having a bevy and someone's gone, yeah, two knobheads are outside having a fight and gone, ooh, 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 and had a little look out the window like all of us do. You've got to appreciate what Khabib does in that regard because every every street fight you've ever seen, playground fight you've ever seen, within two or three punches, in it's on the floor. Yeah. That's just a fact. That's just what happens in fights. That was the whole foundation of Brazilian jiu-jitsu was like – you know, the Gracie brothers were like, when we fight on the beaches, two punches in, every fight's on the floor. That's when you've got to win the fight, when it hits the floor. So when you watch Shaghib and you think, my God, he would be an absolute fucking nightmare to fight outside the spoons for that reason, that as soon as he gets hold of you, he's just going to ragdoll you everywhere and then beat the living shit out of you and either work for submissions or just work his ground and pound and just slowly and eventually just beat you up. Now, there was... Obviously, going into the fight, we were saying Dustin Poirier, technically, all he's got to do, this is the thing with Khabib, just just survive two rounds of Khabib until Khabib starts slowing down, then look for openings, and you're going to be nice and sweaty because it's hot, you'll be able to slip out of those single legs and then maybe get your game going and everything else, and you start talking about it so much during fight week, you start convincing yourself, oh shit, yeah, all, all Poirier's got to do is get past 10 minutes. Well, he's managed to survive barely ten minutes. So he had a moment in the second round where he rocked Khabib with a decent shot. But Khabib was never in serious trouble. I've got to be honest. Not with. off strikes. Off no. the
0: guillotine in the in the third.
1: In, well, that's what I mean in the second round. And then he came out for the third, and you were like, okay, this is where Poirier has got to try and do something now. He's just he's lost two rounds easily. He rocked him in the second. But he's lost two rounds. He's what got you would something.
0: because you were at the side. I was watching a monitor in the back on this at this particular moment, and. At the end of the second, he sits down on his stool and he goes, "I just can't get him the fuck off me." Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. that, and that basically sums up the whole fight, mate. Hundred
1: percent. That 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 just sums Khabib up, and there's no dropping his output, or well, there certainly wasn't in Abu Dhabi. And if a-
0: anything, he was getting more impressive. And the
1: problem with Dustin is it's all good and well, going just survive two rounds, and then you can come into your fight. Dustin had to do everything he could to survive two rounds. Yeah. He was fucking exhausted. He absolutely had nothing left. And, then and that's suddenly, why he started
0: throwing in the second, because he thought, I've got fuck all yeah, left. Yeah. I'm just going to start it, winging away. There was
1: nothing technical about them th- the shots he was throwing in the second round. He caught Khabib with a decent shot on a counter, and then he just went, right, let's go, and was just swinging for the fences, hoping to land something, because he was exhausted. And then he come out in the third, Fell into that guillotine and give it everything. And had for a brief second there, you thought, fuck me, it's deep, it's in, it's in. Like, keep squeezing. But then it went past that point of no return where you're like, Dustin, man, let it go. Let it go. Like, you are, you've you got nothing left anyway. And you can tell now you are literally just burning your arms out. You, there's no other roll of the dice. This is it. You, you're playing these you, – this is the – fucking Vegas – You're playing these cards. This is a hand you've been dealt. You can't twist anymore. And it was as if he just went, fuck it, man. I'm just going to hold on to this guillotine, even though he's not going to tap. I'll hold on to this until my arms have completely shot. And then I'll just roll over and give me back up. And that's what he did. He had nothing left to give. But I don't dispute that. I'm not upset about that. No. Dustin was upset. Dustin was upset saying, I never did this, I never did that. You know, I never fought to be full potential. Bullshit, man. Khabib's just that good. You caught him in a second and you went for it. You swing for the fences and you didn't get So you're happy shots. with it. He went out on his shield. And in the third round, you got a submission in. Fuck me. You, you tried to lock it in, son. And you, your arms burnt out. But you know what? You went for it. That's all that matters. When you're fighting for a world title, mate, as long as you go for it, it's like we're out here now for Blotto Wallen versus Tyson Fury. Okay, there's no world title on the line, but but young Mr. Wallen can change his life if he beats Tyson here on Saturday night. I don't expect any of this to happen. But he needs to Andy revisit man and roll that fucking dice and throw everything he's got at Tyson because he may as well get carried out and get beat on points. Mm. You've got to roll a dice, and I thought Dustin Poirier in the biggest fight of his career against the biggest star in the sport, in terms of the win over Conor McGregor, the amount of eyeballs coming on Khabib on the back of that, I thought Dustin was absolutely sensational. Yes, I'll, I'll be honest three Dustin Poitiers probably didn't be, couldn't have beat Khabib last Saturday. Mm. That, Khabib was just in the zone he, and he, Abu Dhabi is his home turf. It was the first time his friends, family were there. First time his dad cornered him. And let's talk about that, by the way, because what a dynamic that did. How the fuck did that change? We've seen it, didn't we, at the open workouts? I cannot. The influence of him. Mate,
0: I cannot now. This what we've witnessed last week, and we witnessed it firsthand, of how much power now Habib holds within the UFC. And I've only seen it a couple of times. Ronda Rousey had that power. Conor McGregor had that power. Habib has that power now. Yeah. You dance to his tunes. Don't want to do open workout. I'm not going to do open workout. I'll do some question and answers, okay? I don't want to do the media day. I'm going to clear off now and concentrate on my weight yeah. cut. That doesn't happen. That just doesn't happen. Nobody does that. None of the champions get to do that. You all dance to the UFC's tune. Everybody's dancing to Habib's tune. That's how massive this guy is at this moment in time. He's talking the right talk as well, that he knows that Tony Ferguson's the next one. Yeah. The legacy fight, that's the one. Let's get that on. Let's get that, let's get that cracking. Habib is the greatest grappler that mixed martial arts, in my opinion, has ever, ever seen. He's gonna go down as that. I was convinced that Tony Ferguson would give him a fight, and I think he will give him a fight but he ain't beating Habib.
1: He just ain't beating him. He's the best there is. Um, uh, You're right about the power. I think the power now in the sport, we've seen with Khabib being so successful and so dominant, there's a real power shift over to, not just Khabib though as well, but his team like Ali Abdulaziz, very controversial manager in the sport. He's got all these Dagestani guys. They're all locked in with him. Do you know what I mean? My point
0: with the power is, I don't think we'll ever see him back in America.
1: No, neither do I, no. And, And, his dad, Abdul Manap, Abdul Manup, Khabib's dad, who fucking his head coach to all these guys as well, all these Dagestanis. What and a some, geezer know, he is. I know they train out of AKA and shit like that, but that's all for show, man. This guy, we've seen it up close and personal. He's the be. guy. He's the fucking guy. Listen, Khabib's fighting, and his dad's the one giving him full instructions in Russian. Javier Mendez, one of the best MMA coaches on the planet, head coach at AKA, coach of Cain Velasquez, formerly coach of Luke Rockhold, current coach of uh, Daniel Cormier, was the fucking spit bucket guy. He was the guy holding the bag of ice on Khabib's neck. It was Khabib's dad dominating that team talk, dominating the whole fight week. And all the fighters treat Khabib's dad like he's a fucking god. You know, So the amount of control now coming out of that camp is unbelievable. In terms of Khabib moving forward... Doesn't you know? We were talking about this on the BT Sport stuff. I don't think there's a big push to see him move up to welterweight, to see him no. fight GSP in this catchweight and all that. There's work to be done, and there's a name to be done. He's got to beat Tony Ferguson. Now the fight's been made four times, but it's fell off four times, two two ta- twice each. They've pulled out for various reasons. Um, but the fight with Tony Ferguson has got to happen because until he beats Tony Ferguson, I can't. I still can't say Khabib's the best lightweight walk on the planet. I really can't because Tony Ferguson is a bad motherfucker.
0: Yeah, and the th- the thing is, right? I'm convinced that Habib will win it, and I'm still, even though I'm going to talk myself out of it now, yeah. I'm convinced Habib will win that fight. What we saw is Dustin Poirier get Habib into a guillotine. Yeah, if Dustin Poirier, now, Dustin Poirier is a, Brazi- a black belt Brazilian jiu jitsu specialist. In my opinion, Tony Ferguson is better on his back. He's better on the yeah. deck than Dustin Poirier. So if he can do that he will take an awful amount of confidence. He
1: just approaches the fight difference as well. You know, I think Dustin, Dustin was sensational last week and he's an absolute diamond, one of the nicest guys in all of MMA. But he also approached that fight during fight week like he was appreciative. He was happy to be, the underdog. He was like he knew he be, was an underdog. He was happy to be second. Where, and you're going to say that Tony won't approach He was like happy that. to be the challenger. He was happy to be a visitor and he was happy to let Khabib take centre stage and be the dominant one. And to dominate You know the press conferences in terms of doing things or not doing things in the open workouts. It was the Khabib show. And Dustin Poirier was happy to be the support act. Tony Ferguson's never been anyone's support act and never will be, and he won't treat it like that. He won't give Khabib the type of respect he deserves, potentially outside and certainly not inside the octagon. Mm. He won't put, approach the fight like Dustin. Uh, the problem with Khabib, like so many dominant champions, like Lomachenko in boxing right now, or you know, like Jon Jones in in MMA, guys lose the fight before they even get in there. Now, I'm not saying Dustin lost the fight before he stepped in against against Khabib. But it was heavily weighted in Khabib's favor, I, I, and I think Dustin went in there more hopeful of being able to break the cycle of being the first guy to beat him than confidence. And I think Tony Ferguson, just because his mindset is, you know, a box of frogs, he he really is bonkers. Um, I think Tony Ferguson would approach the fight completely differently. Tony Ferguson right now can look himself in the mirror and tell himself he's the best lightweight in the world. I think when Dustin Poirier does it, he kind of does it more in hope than anything else. And that's not a, a, a knock on Dustin again. He's a fucking diamond and a hell of a fighter. And I hope he gets the fight with Conor McGregor now as the spin off because that was the ultimate social media move oh, coming out
0: of it. He's definitely one post fight because getting on social media and saying me and Conor should be running this back, yes. getting a reaction out of Conor, Bingo. absolute stroke of genius.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, There's the red panty party for Dustin. That's his reward and I hope mm. he, I hope he guarantees it. But Khabib versus Tony Fagan is the biggest fight in the lightweight division. For me, that moment is when Khabib, if he can beat Tony Ferguson, that's when he potentially sets himself aside as the best lightweight of all time.
0: Did Paul Felder beat Edison Barboza?
1: Uh, not in my opinion, no. I thought Edison won it two rounds to one. Listen, I ain't knocking it, it ain't a robbery. It certainly ain't a sham. I'm gutted because you know I'm gutted because I thought Barbosa just deserved to edge it. I'm not gutted because Felder won because he's, he's a cool guy. He, you know, we were chatting to him fight week and he's, and he's a diamond. He really is as genuine as he comes across on TV. Um, but I'm just, I'm just upset for Edson because it kind of feels like he's been pushed backwards now.
0: I'm upset that two judges saw his 30-27 shocking.
1: It, it was never, it's 30, never a 30-27. Never. It was two rounds to one either way. you know I, I personally scored Edson two rounds to one. It's
0: on that second round and I thought Edson took that second round. There you go. Because Felder took the last. Edson yeah. definitely takes the first. Absolutely. Who takes the second round?
1: I, I just don't know how anyone in, in, in the right mind scores it 30-27. Fucking shocking, judging.
0: Mm. Shocking. Um, obviously, loads of other great performances. I want to go to your boy, Lerone Murphy. You've been hyping him. You did an interview with him. You stuck it on uh, Fight Disciples. Everybody off the back of that jumps on the, jumps all over it. That going, was funny, wasn't it? The, bu- the, uh, the bullet chewer, the guy that spits out the bullets. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was wild off the back of it. But I tell you what. That was a stroke of genius, what you did there, right? Having a conversation with a kid, finding out a bit of his backstory, our listeners then think, oh, right, okay, yeah, he sounds a bit he sounds a bit mad. Wonder what he's like as a fighter. Now, bear in mind, this kid took this on four weeks' notice. He's sat in Jamaica enjoying his all-inclusive. He gets the call off Sean Shelby. Can you get down and wait? Abu Dhabi, rock and roll sunshine. And you're gonna, Basically, you're going to fight the guy that got uh, a ban for slapping Conor McGregor uh, in the Habib melee in Las Vegas. So basically you're being fed to a lion. That's basically what the, the, the rhetoric is. Yeah. The kid takes the fight on four weeks notice. And it's, it's, it's diabolical that he hasn't come away with a win. Elfages. He was absolutely unbelievable. That is how you do it. You yep. get an opportunity like that. You get on there and you do your business. And I tell you what, Laron Murphy, you've got an awful lot of fans off the back of it.
1: I would like to sit down with the judges, the three judges who scored that fight And watch round... Listen, absolutely I'll give Zubada the first round. Yeah. You know, there was an element of Lerone getting caught in the headlines, but also Zubada was hitting his takedowns and was kind of a little bit busy on the ground. But rounds two and three, there's, there's fucking no way on God's earth Lerone Murphy doesn't win rounds two. Certainly round two and for me wins round 3 as well.
0: It wins round 3 easy. Round 2. All Olsby B- did can for see. the last
1: 2 minutes though, of the third round was took him down and held him down. And hug and hold. But, but I don't get that. I don't know, I don't understand how any judge can score even even a, a, an MMA judge with a background in college wrestling. I don't understand how you can score a guy winning a round when he's landing zero punches, zero kicks, zero submission attempts. Yes, he may land a takedown or two. But when that takedown results in literally just no hugging, just grinding on a leg, mm. just locking the legs up and, and locking your arms up behind the back and doing absolutely zero in terms of moving your position forward or attacking in that position, how can that be scored? Mm. All you're doing is fucking ruining the fight. For me, that's John Fitch material. People get through out of the UFC. I've been thrown out of the UFC for, for performing like that. You're right. I thought Zabida was absolutely shite rounds two and three. And, and he was, was brilliant. He was. He was he being held after. at the
0: decision at the end. He yeah. was being held up because he was that he exhausted. Got carried,
1: he got carried past the press bench going back to the dressing rooms afterwards. And mm. um, Lerone disco dancing everywhere. I think <coughs> in the immediate aftermath, Lerone was more disappointed with himself for his head was down when they were reading the judges' scores out. But I was standing rigside now fucking screaming to him, get your hands up. You know, you've just won that fight. You've won rounds two and three. You should have got the decision. You got absolutely robbed. I'm gutted for him. Just because I've been chasing that story for the last couple of weeks, not many people knew about it, and I wanted to get it. And it was issues because of the aftermath of the injuries he took, getting shot and stuff. It, it's, it's hard for him to get an MRI scan. So the getting him signed off to fight in the UFC took longer than they expected. So I ended up waiting until we got to Abu Dhabi to do the interview. But you know, I went chasing that interview before Media Day even started. I was like, I've got to get this interview. As soon as you landed, I've you have got to get in. it out there. I've got to get this story out there because the world needs to know. The British fans need to know. There's a guy on here from Manchester that's undefeated that no one's fucking heard of and he's got a wicked story. And then the best thing was, we got it out straight away. We're on our way to Media Day. I get to the media room. And the coolest thing was, as you know, the media room was packed, laptops everywhere. I'd seen about a dozen different journalists watching the video. On their laptops. And then when he came in the room, they all fucking beelined for him. And they were all asking about the bullet, the bullet story. And I was like, wicked. And afterwards, Lerone was like, I didn't really want to tell anyone that story and stuff. But his coach got it. His coach, Carl Prince, came up to me and was like, Nick, you nailed it. We wanted to get... That's how people's going to get eyeballs on him. Mm-hmm. It, people, want, people tuned in on Saturday to go, oh, I've got to watch this Lerone Murphy guy. He's undefeated. He's from the UK. But more than that, he got shot twice in the face and spat the bullets out. How amazing. I've got to see how he fights as well. And then you have seen him fight. Now he's the amazing guy from Manchester that fought and got robbed in Abu Dhabi at three weeks notice, four weeks notice. He's a fucking, can't wait for him to fight again. Oh, and by the way, didn't he get shot once? Yeah. His story's changed. And that's amazing. That's the best thing about it.
0: Mm. Jojo? Jojo. Where are you at with Jojo at this moment? Um I'm desperate for it to just get nasty. Anybody everybody's listening to the show and me talk about JoJo.
1: She's too sweet, man. Y-
0: listen, she's not the a-
1: game for her. She's she's a great
0: kid. But come she's on. She's a talented fighter.
1: Get on that she's mic. Just, she's just never gonna progress forward unless she gets aggressive on that microphone. And that that's a shame because you know, this it was a good win over Andrea Lee. You know, that that's like a breakthrough win for her. Competitive fight, man. Real good win, you know, and Andrea Lee's no joke. You know, she took her top five ranking out of it, but then, you know, they stick a microphone in her face and she turns into sweet and lovely and girl next door Jojo. Hmm. This business hasn't got time for all that. You haven't got room for it. Hmm. You've got to get on the mic and go, hey, Valentina, there you are sitting ringside, bitch. Put that belt on the line, I'm coming for it. Fueled by Iron Brew, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: they there were a couple of uh, stellar knockouts on on these cards. I'll get to them in a minute, but my standout performance was the first on the pay-per-view because everybody in that arena was there for Tyson. Yeah. Everybody was me pumped too. for Tyson.
1: I was tweeting away I was now. disciples. Went, here this is, is, is the guy. This a, is the
0: man. Here's the little animal. And don't get me wrong, he <laughs> comes out. First round for about four minutes of that first round. He's absolutely putting it on Ferreira, and no, I'm I thinking, thought,
1: do you know what? I'm, I disagree. I think Ferreira just fucked him for three. I give do Ferreira you? every round. Do you? Every round. Well, I, I, this, was very well, poor.
0: well, I saw him come out, and I, and I thought it was a cagey, very cagey from Ferreira early. But the last, the reason why I said four minutes is because the last mm. minute of the first round, Ferreira, you're right, just put his foot down a little bit and yeah. start to fuck him up, and I'm thinking, ooh. He's maybe just got into the rhythm of fight here, but I thought the first four minutes went to Tasimov, so I gave him that. Yeah. And then the second round, as soon as the second round started, it was just a wave. One way. It was constantly one way. He was going... Tysimov was constantly going backwards. He can't fight going backwards. No. Ferreira's just basically gone, there's the blueprint, make him go backwards and batter him. Exactly. And that's exactly what he did for uh, the remaining fight. I didn't
1: know Ferreira had that kind of performance in him. It was awesome. Not against Tasimov. but he, the pace he set... And he just unloaded hell on him, just absolutely unloaded. I was sitting with a a Russian journalist, the cage side for that, because we were chatting, because uh, you know th- the Russians had turned up in in force in Abu Dhabi, as you well know, and um, they were expecting a, a, f- a full clean sweep of all these Dagestani guys, of all these Russians, and uh, you know prior to prior to Makachev and and, and and Khabib in the main events, uh, they went like two two and one or something. It wasn't a great night for mm. them. Um, and Tassimov was one of those locked in guys that you would expect to have come through against Ferreira, with all due respect to Ferreira. I just thought Tassimov, for me, has always looked like the future, has always looked like a future lightweight title contender 100%. But the Russian journalists would tell me it was Tassimov's last fight of his UFC deal. Uh, now, I don't know what. Obviously, you, you don't know how to look into that whether Tassimov want out of the UFC, or whether Ferreira was just brilliant on the night and Tasimov just didn't turn up or whatever. But I don't know, it was a weird, just a weird performance by Tassimov. I've never seen him look that gun-shy before, and I've never seen him look so mm. uh, ordinary before. But instead of saying Tassimov was shit, man, and let's just say Ferreira was brilliant. Yeah,
0: he was. Uh, knockouts of the night, Ottoman Azaitar. First time I've seen him fight, mainly because he can't get a visa for anywhere, the, uh, yeah. uh, the little rum bugger. Him and his brother, I believe, have uh, got a right old story. They're getting themselves wow. into all sorts of little bits of bother. Uh and then the kid that knocked out Nordin Taleb, uh, Muslim Selikov. Oh yeah. That's the oh, knockout. Shit. He clipped him and it was just timber time, weren't it? Overwent yeah. it.
1: Uh Well the two of them. Uh Azatars won over Timo Pachlan as well. That was the same. Just fucking as soon as it hit his chin, lights mm. out the two of them. Two sensational knockouts. And I thought, uh, Curtis Blades as well was just utterly dominant yeah. in his heavyweight match against the other Russian as well. He looked two le- two or three levels below UFC standard. For me, the standout performer, though, the one that stole the show, apart from Khabib, of course, was that Islam Makachev. Um, Davy Ramos, two-time ADC gold medalist, Jiu-Jitsu super god, comes out looking like he's juiced up to the gills. Can now just muscle on muscle on muscle. and Makachev just looked like some... Boxed his head off, didn't he? You know, just some Russian guy fucking in his two striped Adidas trackies, you know what <laughs> I mean? And he gets in there and he just absolutely fucking lit him up. Makachev, for me, that moment really jumped out and you thought, wow. he Makachev produced the performance I expected from Tasimov. So Makachev, for me, went above Tasimov now in, in my hmm. pecking order of super fucking exciting lightweights coming through. He's the man.
0: This weekend?
1: Is it this weekend? It is this weekend.
0: Uh, what a fight. We're in for a bit of a treat here. We're we'll
1: going to have to try and find it.
0: We are going to try and find it because obviously we're in Las Vegas and we're going to have to uh, try and find ourselves uh, a little bit of a feed for Donald Sorone versus Justin Unreal. Gaethje.
1: Unreal. Just smoke show.
0: Will it will it go the distance?
1: I hope so. <laughs> I can't see it, but I, I do
0: hope so. I think it will. I think both, both of them are just going to knock the shit out of each other. For the full for the full duration.
1: It's the only way they know how to fight.
0: Mm. Uh, Glover Teixeira is on this card as well against the uh, Nikita Krylov. Um, I saw another fight as well that I was quite in- interested in the Uriah Hall fight with uh, Antonio Carlos Junior. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there were one more.
1: Mich- I like the I like the Misha versus Jimmy Krute fight as well. Misha Serkinov is a is a badass. Um, but that Jimmy Crute is like the Aust- un- undefeated Australian that just like smashes everybody to bits. Um, so I'm really excited to see that fight. I think that's an absolute belter.
0: Mm. Um, what did you make, by the way, of I uh, met Henry Suhudo last week? I'll tell you what is funny, actually. I'll tell you what's a funny story that you all need to know, well, he right? He fucking
1: swerved us a few times. Did he no, 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 no,
0: never mind him swerving us. You swerving the bullet. That's what I want to talk about, right? There's an opportunity. That you, anybody that listens to this show knows full well where Nick's out with a bullet, right? That's his favorite female fighter. Q, the oh,
1: was it the press conference? Yeah. Morning Wayans.
0: It was the Morning Wayans is what it was, yeah. So we've got up nice and early. We're at the morning weigh-ins. We're watching everybody weigh-in. Who's at the back of the room? Valentina. Just mind their own business. Absolutely, Literally mind their own business. Just absolutely chilling. I looked at Nick and I went, shall we do a bit? And he's like, no, 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 no. And I went, what? He went, no, 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 no. Don't bother the champ. I'm like, you fucking (laughs) melt. He's absolutely gone (laughs) as the lad. (laughs) It happens to us all, mate. You know what I mean? You get... You have these fantasies, you you, you see the, the girl on TV, you see the girl in the posters, you see the girl on pictures and then when it comes to actually chatting to him, shat your pants, that's basically what happens. It'll, you know, it'll happen to me with Joanna. When that moment comes, <laughs> yeah. the interview ain't happening. It's, not, it's just not going to go
1: down. I couldn't uh, remember a name or anything at one point. <laughs> I just got so excited. I couldn't remember who she'd fought last, I couldn't remember what belt she was, what weight she was. Look, it was just there not a sister as well
0: listen everybody's been in that situation like if you think back to when you're at college there's always that last in in the college or in the school that just turns you to jelly <laughs> and you can't have a conversation with you you say the most dumbest things you just go okay <laughs> that's that's the vibe um thank you very much for listening to us um we thoroughly recommend obviously watching uh the USC at the weekend with Donald Soroni and Justin Getcha going at it. Don't forget the week after that we'll be getting stuck into Yar Rodriguez against Jeremy Stevens. There's some absolute banging nights uh um on the horizon. Jack Manson's obviously taking on Jared Canernier as well in uh Caninier. in Copenhagen before we obviously get to the big one, Robert Whittaker versus Adriel, Israel Adesanya, and that's no disrespect to any of the fights building up to it because they're all crackers. Donald Cerrone and Justin Gaethje this weekend will be amazing.
1: Two forty four is the one in New York, though. Wow,
0: wow! Look at him; he's wow. already planting the seed.
1: Diaz Masvidal till Gastelum. Did we did we talk we about we? Diaz on.
0: Masvidal on last week's show? Yeah, because I know it was made official at the weekend, but we, we talked about it last week. All yeah, right, yeah, there yeah, you yeah, go. Yeah. So we don't have to go over it again. Everybody knew it, that it was coming and it was happening.
1: Let's just make it clear as well, because. We've asked the question about four times now. As good as that card is, BT Sport will not be making that a pay-per-view. It is definitely not yeah. a pay-per-view. I'm BT Sport, we've had so many questions. Obviously, the Communiqué last week when we were in Abu Dhabi, everyone was going, content's amazing. But obviously, half the rhetoric was um, people still pissed off with BT Sports having to pay £20. Listen, I get it. You know where I stand with it. I think if you're going to pay £20 extra, you should get a £20 extra service, i.e. your own commentary team, your own platform, your own everything. I totally get it. I'm bought in. I, I support all the UK fans in that regards. I also support BT because they got us out there and that maybe that part of that 20 quid paid for us to do all those shows with Dan Hardy. So I'm supporting them as well. But they just made it clear to us that there is no more pay-per-views this year. Hashtag caveat, unless Conor McGregor comes back. If Conor comes back, he will be pay-per-view. But as it stands, and we're told now 244 is locked down, there's no more changes to that card. It is Diaz, Malvin, the main events And be honest, Gaston, Tilco, that
0: is pay-per-view worthy,
1: mate. 100% that's pay-per-view worthy. But it's not going to be. Definitely not. It's not going to be. I wish it was, because then we'd definitely be going out there. Yeah. BC would be paying for us to go. Exactly. <laughs> now we've got to beg, bottom and steal to get there. And
0: 245 won't be pay-per-view unless Conor rocks up. Yes. That's basically where you're at. Yes. All right? And, so,
1: and, and from what I'm hearing, Conor won't be rocking up anywhere no, this
0: year. he won't be getting anywhere close to it. So yeah. everybody chill. We're all back to normal now. Yeah. Just enjoy the content. Enjoy yeah. the UFC. Get stuck into it and accept that next year there'll be another two or three pay-per-views. That's just the way this is going to go down from now on. We've had a good ride. We've had a great ride. It's just a little bit extra now if you want a little bit of USC. I
1: don't, I don't think people are necessarily uh, are super upset because suddenly there's a price there. Obviously, you know, yeah, they nobody, are. nobody wants to pay extra. I just think that if you're going to put a price on something, you've just got to get that little bit No,
0: Perkster. I think people are just pissed off. They just don't like paying. Yeah, well, he does. No, Listen, nobody does, but that's the world we're living in. You've got to accept that we've had an absolute free ride. We've had a decent ride. Well, now we have people a free
1: ride because you got to pay for BT Sport or Sky Sport. Well, not everybody anyway.
0: does. People make this. People give it the big and right. I'm paying extra for my BT Sport. Some people, yes, some people do. Yeah. Some people have had it free because they have broadband. Oh, I get it free with Virgin. I think there you go. Right. Can so don't give fi- me this bullshit that get you're get paying it. on three separate occasions in order to watch it because you're not doing. Some people are. Yeah. Some people who are going through Sky and have paid they extra have pay for the extra channel, for they yeah. are paying for it. And I, listen, I get your gripe. If you're if you're paying an extra for the channel, and then you're paying extra again for a pay-per-view, I get that gripe. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. cool, man. But those that are on the old BT broadband, that are getting BT box office for now, yeah, as yeah, part yeah. of the package, come on. You've yeah. had a ride. You've had an absolute scream. And, and that's the majority. That's where the majority of the people are. Yeah. Anyway, enough of that. Um, Lots of uh, UFC to get stuck into this weekend, so make sure you do so. Uh, thank you very much for listening to this little nonsense. I apologize that it was late. It's because we were all coming back from Abu Dhabi and then flying back out to Las Vegas. We're here now. We've got the stuff to you, and hopefully there'll be a bit more content and everything will be back on time next week, all right? Uh, you can get this on iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. Fightdisciples.com is the website for any Android feeds like Spotify and Google Play. Uh, at Fight Disciples, Facebook and Twitter, and at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. We will catch you next time.
1: Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.